Hey, welcome everybody to uh, another episode of This Week in Legal Blogging. This is Bob Ambrogi on behalf of LexBlog. And uh, once again today, we're going to be talking to a legal blogger about uh, how she got started, what motivates her, what keeps her going. Uh, a reminder that we are going to be doing this show every week at this time. So uh, watch for it again next week, uh, 3 o'clock Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time. And uh, you're also going to be able to find uh, all of these programs posted to um, YouTube. I'm sorry, I'm going to mute myself there. Uh, <laughs> uh, posted to YouTube at youtube.com slash Lexblog. So uh, today, my guest is Karen Rubin. Karen uh, is uh, a lawyer counsel at Thompson Hine in Cleveland, and she writes the blog, The Law for Lawyers Today. Karen, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to have you and, and welcome and good to see you. And uh, I, I guess I just kind of have to ask everybody these days just how you're doing, apart from blogging and lawyering and everything else in this crazy time. How, how are you doing? <laughs> It is a crazy time, but uh, thank thank heavens we're all doing well. <laughs> it's uh, uh, working from home uh, since the middle of March, and, um, and it's uh, a little harder to uh, feel like you're not on a hamster wheel, but uh, without a commute. But it's a short commute from the upstairs office to the you know downstairs living room. But uh, you know, do it every day, and uh, it becomes becomes the new normal. Right, I know it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, the new normal, I look forward to being the old normal at some point. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So, um, so, well, let's start with just, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, what your practice is before we get to your blog? Sure. So, um, I've spent my whole career at Thompson Hine. Um, I'm a born and bred Clevelander. Um, graduated from our uh, state law school here in Cleveland, Cleveland State, and went right on to its uh, law school, Cleveland Marshall College of Law. Um, was lucky enough to um, do well and um, got an offer from Thompson Hine, where I started and uh, remain to this day. Um, I'm a business litigator, but over the years, I've um, focused my practice on, I guess, what we call the law of lawyering. So um, I and some colleagues um, are on the team that handles Thompson Hines, all of our um, all of our uh, lawyering kinds of issues from conflicts of interest to bar admission things to more conflicts of interest every day. Um, uh, opening offices, closing offices, marketing. Um, we uh, style ourselves the Office of General Counsel. And uh, I do that with the two co-editors of our blog, uh, Frank DeSantis and Tom Fair. Um, so uh, uh, I do so business litigation also. You're kind of you're kind of the lawyers to the lawyers in, in your own firm. That is like uh, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's great. Um, and your blog is the law for lawyers today, and uh, it started, as far as I can tell, 2014. Does that sound right? As a matter of fact, July 2014. That's exactly right. So yeah, we we're are about to have we our, are our sixth it, anniversary. Yeah, yeah, it's about <laughs> to be your your anniversary this month. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and what's the focus of your blog? Describe what you, what kinds of stuff you're covering there. We talk about legal ethics and professional responsibility. Um, everything that touches on 
um, the law for lawyers, um, the law of lawyering. Um, we are have a national scope, so we often talk about um, legal ethics rules that might apply across jurisdictions. Uh, and we try to be very timely. We try to offer um, people, uh, we try to key our posts to um, things that are happening now, things that are of particular interest. Sometimes they're cautionary tales. Uh, sometimes they're um, don't let this happen to you. Um, and that's, uh, that seizes everybody's interest uh, in, in, in the law world. Um, but other times they're more thought pieces and um, uh, things that are of um, less uh, don't let this happen to you and more um, have you thought about this and, and do this. Yeah. A lot of ethics stories are cautionary tales, aren't they? <laughs> uh, yes, if, they if only are. more lawyers would pay attention. Um, but hopefully, uh, hopefully they're paying attention to you. Well, it's one of the one of the reasons I like um, my particular niche. Um, you're always kind of wearing the good guy's hat, um, uh, helping people stay on the right side of things. Um, to do the right thing and to practice in accordance with the highest ideals of our, our profession. Yeah. Um, I might want to come back to that point later on in the interview, depending on if we have time, but let me, let me, let me talk about the blog a little bit. Um, uh, what, how did you get started? What motivated you to start a blog in the first, in the first place? Um, well, because, because Thompson Hine is an AMLAW firm, AMLAW 200 firm, I should say, um, we have about 350-ish lawyers, give or take, and we're spread out in um, eight different locations. We've got four Ohio offices, and we also have offices in D.C., Atlanta, New York City, uh, and Chicago. Um, and so my uh, colleagues in our Office of General Counsel, um, now our co-editors, um, started thinking about uh, the fact that we have a lot of expertise in this area um, that we could share, uh, that we could put out there for the benefit of other lawyers. Um, so we started thinking in those terms in about 2013 um, and um, noodled it around off and on uh, until we finally launched in uh, July of uh, 2014. And at that point, I kind of felt uh, that you know, we might have been a little bit sort of um, a little bit late uh, to the blog party um, by 2014. Well, my gosh, uh, you had been running law sites for, you know, 2002 <laughs> decades. I guess, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for decades by then. Um, and, all, you know, a lot of other law firms um, had not only single blogs, but multiple blogs. And, um, including, uh, including, frankly, um, uh, firms that were in our marketplace, so our, our own market. So um, we thought we wanted to get something off the ground that would be beneficial and that would uh, spotlight uh, our abilities and our expertise in this, in this niche area. Um, so we, um, we uh, became a Lexblog blog uh, in, uh, in 2014 in July. Um, and for a while, we were um, the only Thompson Hine blog um, for a good while. 
um, we um, uh, started plugging away with weekly blogs. Um, uh, uh, we took it very seriously and, and cranked out um, uh, content uh, every every week, which I think is uh, very important uh, to have regular uh, communication, regular, regular posts, yeah. regular regular content. Um, so that's that's kind of how that's yeah. our origin story. You know, I mean, you, you, you made you, you made a really interesting point there, which is something that I, I hear an awful lot from lawyers who are considering blogs, which is we're too late to the blogging game. So many people already, you know, there's so many legal blogs out there already. Um, but but you didn't let that stop you. You went forward. I mean, so so what did you find? Did you find that, in fact, you were too late to the blogging game or did you find that really didn't matter? It didn't matter at all. It didn't matter at all because, um, uh, you know, as as uh, Colin and others um, at LexBlog always uh, say, um, what you're bringing to the party is unique. Um, whether the party has started or not, um, you haven't been there. And your voice and your passion and your expertise, your angle on things um, is unique. And that's really what you bring to the party. In that sense, it's never too late to, to join in because you're going to find readers who want your content because it speaks in your own voice. Um, so that's, uh, that's been a particularly fun thing for me to, uh, to, to find out. Um, you know, your family stories, uh, which a couple of which I worked into blog posts, uh, yeah. um, you know, your um, uh, that's, that's really what makes yeah. it fun. Yeah. Well, and, and, and not just voice, but your expertise. I mean, you have, a, yeah. you know, you are, uh, you know, there may be 20 other lawyers blogging about legal ethics. I don't know how many there are. Uh, I, there are some others, certainly some others that I follow, but, but you sure. have particular <laughs> expertise. You have, uh, you know, particular knowledge that you bring to it that others don't have. And, and that's really valuable. Um, sure. let, let me ask what, so when, when you, and is, there's three of you who write this, have, was the three of you right from the beginning? Did you kind of conceive this and, and, and create it together or, or did you kind of take the lead on it? I'll call myself the chief cook and bottle washer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I could not do it without Frank DeSantis and Tom Fair. Um, uh, they are my second eyes and ears on every piece of content we push out. Um, uh, I co-author um, posts with them and with others at the firm, um, but uh, uh, I'd say of the 250 posts that we've done over the past um, uh, six years, um, uh, I think we're about 250, 260, something like that. Um, uh, I forget coming? what the count, count says. <laughs> uh, I forget what the count says on a, on the top of my uh, of my um, admin site, <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the vast majority are, are written by me. Yeah. Um, but as I say, you need, you need other people in the mix too. You need, you need good co-editors, you need a good team. Um, and, uh, and I take pride in the fact that we've got one. Yeah. Having a co-editor is valuable. I mean, I've always blogged by myself, uh, for the most part and I, and, but I'm a former journalist and former, formerly worked in publishing and I miss having, you know, those others to, if nothing else, to be a second set of eyes and, and right. kind of help me, you know, look at something I've written and, and tell me I shouldn't write it or something else. 
but but also just to bounce ideas off of and, and whatever else. I mean, do you coordinate among yourselves in terms of who's going to cover what or who's going to be writing this week or, or how does that work as a team? Um, mainly they're there for as a sounding board for me and also as a great source of ideas. Um, you know, uh, it's very common for, for Tom or Frank um, to say um, this is a topic that's blog worthy. Um, we all follow um, the, the legal ethics and other blogospheres, um, and we um, you know, are very tuned into uh, current events in ethics world, as I call it. So, um, uh, but it, it's, they're a great source of ideas about what to write next and uh, to kind of keep everything fresh and um, keep the ideas flowing. They're, they're wonderful at that. It sounds like when you started out, your primary intended audience was uh, the lawyers in your firm. You saw this as a, as a vehicle for for communicating with lawyers spread out in different locations in your firm. Uh, how did you get in the early days? How did you develop a readership either among those lawyers in your firm or how did you start to build it out to an audience beyond your firm? You know, we, we actually always um, had a vision of the blog as um, uh, outward facing. Um, we had the idea that the Law for Lawyers today um, was definitely going to be a resource for our own lawyers. Um, but um, we knew that there would be an audience externally also. And we, from the very beginning, um, were facing out as well as in. So, um we suspected, and it's turned out to be true, that there are a lot of um, uh, in-house counsel out there, GCs, um, who uh, would find what we have to say very useful because they don't have an office of general counsel. Right. They don't have ethics counsel sitting in, um, you know, their their uh, their corner suite or or maybe anywhere else either. Um, and so in some important senses, we knew we might have an opportunity to become very, very useful to, um, to those kinds of, of consumers, uh, readers, uh, to that audience. And that has turned out to be very, very true. Um, many clients of Thompson Hine, um, their GCs uh, are, are subscribers, or we can tell that they're clicking on our content. Um, and um, we can also tell that um, there are many small companies uh, that uh, where we might be there, the closest thing that they have to, you know, uh, 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 an ethics consult for them. Um, so that's that's always been what we aspired to. And um, each year, I think it, it becomes more and more uh, something that has come true. Yeah. It has part of the goal been to bring in business related to uh, ethics work? Uh, and if so, how, how's it how's it worked at that goal? You know, we do market um, our expertise externally. Um, we um, uh, we help other lawyers um, through thorny um, issues when we have the opportunity to do so, whether it is. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, a uh, uh, partner dispute um, or a partnership divorce, so to speak, um, some bar admission problems, um, some uh, the uh, occasional disciplinary um, issue. 
that that uh, unluckily falls into somebody's uh, lap. Um, but um, the main goal was to uh, position ourselves and to credential ourselves um, as um, as the uh, go-to people or as the experts, uh, the folks that have an enormous uh, amount of uh, expertise and knowledge because of the focus that we've had over the years uh, on um, on uh, the law of lawyering. So, um, you know, uh, uh, we didn't uh, go into it with a specific business goal. We knew that it might come. Um, uh, and we knew that, you know, if we built our audience and credentialed ourselves, uh, we would have opportunities that would in turn build, uh, build the potential for, for business uh, in our niche area. And, you know, the judged by the number of speaking opportunities we get and the number of engagements we have, um, we've been, we've been pleased. Yeah. Um, speaking of speaking opportunities, uh, I don't know if the press reaches out to you. I mean, that, that's, those are all yeah. some of the side benefits I've, I've seen yeah. dramatically over the years from blogging, yes. uh, is that, uh, uh, you know, you get, con it's funny for me being, being a journalist, I'm mean, a lawyer as well, but, but coming from a journalism background is, is that, uh, I, I've seen it from both sides and on my blog, I'm kind of acting as a journalist and covering people and reporting, but I'm constantly getting calls from journalists about, about topics I write about or about the industry more broadly. And I'm sure that happens with you as well. It has. Um, I was, um, I was excited to get a call from uh, Wisconsin Public Radio two weeks ago. Um, they uh, had an interesting case come down and um, the reporter was looking for, it had a legal ethics uh, issue. It was about judges and whether they could be Facebook friends with litigators, litigants, um, parties in front of them, in other words. Um, I had blogged about that a couple years ago and the reporter found it and I had an opportunity to um, be part of an NPR piece because of a blog post I wrote. Um, so I, stuff like that is just so fun and it's so yeah. validating also. It, it really makes you feel that um, you are providing um, you are providing a service. You are You're providing um, in, in, important uh, information for people to use. So uh, that's, that was very gratifying and things like that happen on a, on a regular basis. So it's uh, it's a nice thing. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that's kind of funny because one of the next questions I was going to ask you was how has blogging affected your career, if at all? And I, and I guess that's one way, but are, are there other ways that you feel that maybe your career is different today than it might have been today had you not been blogging? Oh sure. I mean, um, uh, I think I think any blogger who's in a, in a law firm um, uh, feels like their star is burnished because of, of what they're doing. Um, yeah. You know, they're uh, you just um, you become known as uh, not a, the go-to person in your niche, certainly. Um, and um, when you've been able to um, uh, steadily increase readership and, uh, your content gets noticed and, you know, NPR calls you up. Um, these are all good things for anybody's <laughs> career. <you know? laughs> good things, right? The other thing I feel really gratified by, and, um, is that, um, I've been able to be kind of a, 
um, blog evangelist. Um, we started out with um, our lone little. You're anticipating all my questions. Today. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you wanted to ask me about that. I did um, want to ask you about that. I know you're a blog evangelist. So. Well, we've we've gotten from um, our our one little blog late to the party. Um, now Thompson Hine has five blogs, um, and I just couldn't be prouder of that. Um, I think that that growth um, illustrates. Um, just so much good things uh, about about blogging and um, uh, the willingness of people to um, grow in their own niche and to and to have a voice and to push out content that other people um, are really really interested in. Um, so it took a while. Um, uh, so we launched in 2014. Our next blog didn't come online until uh, 2017. But in those three years, I was. Um, you know, I made some presentations to different practice groups to say, hey, you want to be a blogger? Here's, you know, I'm having a really good time and it's really <laughs> fun. And um, don't you want to do this, too? And um, uh, uh, so finally, we got some takers um, in 2017. Our international trade blog, Trump and Trade, um, came online. They were the first ones after a law for lawyers today. Um, and then we had um, a couple years after that. Um, two more blogs come online, um, one called Source Code, which is um, a, a guidance for robo-advisors, which is a really interesting little niche. Um, and then also in that summer of 19, uh, last year, our um, ERISA litigation blog launched, this is, which is a cross-disciplinary um, blog uh, that's um, put out by some of our business litigators together with our um, employee benefits and executive compensation team. Um, and then just this, just last month, our fifth blog launched, and it's got the best name. All of these are on the Lexblog platform, of course. Um, it's got the best name, I think, Does Crime Pay? <laughs> um, and it's our it's our white collar crime blog um, uh, from um, from lawyers um, uh, across the firm that, that do that work. Um, so it's I'm going to um, go try and find um, out the answer to that question. Right. As soon as we're done. Here. <laughs> well, they're going gangbusters where I um, have pushed out content once a week, fairly faithfully um, miss some weeks. They're going yeah. gangbusters. They're pushing out content twice a week, which is, you know, a fantastic rate. Um, and they have yeah. they have a, a, a good good number of people on the team. Um, yeah, but, I, uh, it's, I, it's I love scary. that you said <laughs> I, I love that you said that part of the part of what inspired others in, in your firm to get started was was that was you talking about the fact that blogging is fun, uh, yeah. which it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been doing it a long time and I do it because I love it. I, it's a lot of fun. But but how do you maintain the routine of it how do you have a routine around it how do you keep doing it week after week after week uh you know how, how have you maintained that i try to come i try to go into the study every sunday morning with a cup of coffee um uh over the previous week um i have uh, picked a topic conflict checked it which is important for uh, important for 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 law bloggers to uh, to do. You never want to get crosswise with a client um, uh, by mentioning you know someone you shouldn't or or a you know topic you should. Unlike unlike what you used to do, Bob, in the National Law Journal uh, in that in those legacy days. Um, most law blogs, um, some are, but many are not hard hitting journalism. They're they're there to help build your brand. So you want to you know be 
you want to have due caution for uh, what uh, what what you say, what you pick. But it is very fun. Um, you know, I try to sit down. I try to, to knock it out in a couple hours. Um, uh, pick an image um, and uh, uh, and and move it to move it to uh, the rest of the team to to read and and give input on. Um, and then hopefully publish every Thursday morning. So yeah. that's the routine. And I've been trying to do it for six years. <laughs> so do you think there's a, have you developed a style? I mean, do you think there's a secret to writing a, a, an effective blog post? Is there something you try to do um, with your blog posts? Um, you know, it, it's it's a lot of um, um, I, I don't know if it's a style necessarily. Um, it's a, it's a way to be kind to readers. Um, when I have the opportunity to mentor other bloggers in my firm or mentor my guest um, posters, I always emphasize that one of the things that makes it fun is that you don't have to write a, a brief. You can have a, it's a completely different way of writing. It's not, it's even more, it's even different than a client alert. Um, I emphasize that the tone of, of our blog is breezy. Um, it, you can use contractions. Um, you can say yeah, it's liberating say, for a lawyer to be able to write that. Oh my way, gosh! Yes. Oh, so fun. It's uh, so different from what we, what the voice we use for a court. Right. We don't want to use that voice for our blog readers. Um, we have headings. We have short paragraphs. We might break a paragraph into two um, uh, in a blog just because that paragraph is too darn long, um, right. and it's hard for a reader to drag their eye down that paragraph. Um, where you know, you don't, you might, wouldn't break it there in a, in a brief uh, yeah. to the court. So, right. you know, things like that. Um, yeah. Uh, think, thinking about the visual parts of it as well as the, oh, the, the yeah. substance of it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all, um, uh, waded into, um, blogs that, um, I it just, it seems like a lot of effort. And so we'll stop reading. And yeah. I, I, I aspire in the law for lawyers today to, um, uh, to keep people reading um, yeah. with uh, short sentences and, and, and short paragraphs and uh, punchy writing um, and uh, always a take home conclusion. <laughs> do, do you read other blogs or do you spend much time reading other blogs? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you what do you how do you keep up with your subject area? How do you how much time do you have to spend in order to get in order to be ready on Sunday morning to, to sit down and write that? How much time are you putting in during the weekend just keeping up with developments? At least a couple hours. But, you know, that is that is part of the course. If you yeah. are in a specialty, whatever it is, whether you are um, an employee benefits lawyer or a um, you know, a products liability lawyer, a tax lawyer, you, you are reading your loose leaves, we used to call loose leaves in the olden days, um, uh, every day. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you keep up with um, the, the legal box through the grace of subscriptions. Um, you you uh, subscribe to other people's blogs. Um, you, um, uh, you know, look at, look at the news, read the Wall Street Journal, read the New York Times. Um, and, and you'll, no matter what blogging niche you're in, you will never 
come up short for ideas if you do those things. Right. Yeah. One of, one of the things I used to say to people on, about blogging is that it, blogging makes you smarter <laughs> because it forces oh. you into a routine of keeping up with the literature or or whatever it is that you're that you're covering on your blog. It, it forces yeah. you in, in to stay up current on that. And uh, that's that's to me one of the great values of it over the years. And I, I just think it keeps your it keeps you keeps you lively. It keeps you going. Um, I agree 100 percent. Yeah. Let me so let me come back to uh, your your uh, your ethics hat on. Uh, uh, put your having you put your ethics hat back on again, and just what about the ethics of blogging? What what are the danger areas, if any? What should lawyers know from an ethical point of view about blogging? Well, it's interesting. Um, one one thing that you um, uh, that you have to think about is anything that touches up against a client of your firm's. Right. Um, uh, numerous clients, maybe the majority of uh, clients of any size, have outside counsel guidelines. And if you're a law blogger, um, uh, you're probably familiar with the fact that um, uh, your clients do not want to be um, mentioned without their permission. Not so, um, and, and mentioned uh, should receive a a broad. Um, reading um, broad interpretation. Um, it's always better, you know, to ask. Um, and if you don't want to ask, find another topic. You know? <laughs> so, um, uh, so that's that's one that's one ethics of blogging. Um, uh, you know, other other things that you want to 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 be aware of is not actually not giving legal advice. Um, not forming unintended client relationships, right. and you do that with disclaimers and 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 with careful attention to um, what you say and what you don't say. Um, the reason you don't want to give legal advice is because you know a, a random reader um, uh, you don't know the facts of their situation or the jurisdiction that they're sitting in. Um, you know. Many things that we say as as bloggers um, about the law are very um, jurisdiction specific, and um, you know you always want to uh, to be wary um, of uh, of uh, opining or advising um, when, and tread carefully in in those directions. Yeah, what are the uh, are there any issues that you've been writing about lately that that particularly interest you? What what's what's hot right now uh, in in, yeah. uh, in topics that you're covering? Um, uh, one of my colleagues just wrote this morning um, on something that's very hot, um, uh, and that is uh, remote working. Um, uh, the the licensing issues um, and the uh, unauthorized practice of law issues um, that uh, working remotely, um, perhaps as a uh, pandemic refugee. Um, you know, you've left New York, you've, you've removed yourself uh, from Florida, um, and you've gone to your second home in another state. Well, in another jurisdiction, if you're not licensed there. So what's the story? Um, right. So that's a very hot topic. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very hot topic. Yeah. And there are still uh, jurisdictions that you require you to have a, a physical office in, in the particular state in which you're practicing law, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. That, I think that's, uh, that sounds right to me. Um, uh, and, and all jurisdictions, uh, jealously guard the border, um, and, uh, unlicensed practice, uh, unless there's a, an exception, um, temporary practice can be one exception. 
Um, but uh, you know, so that's a, a very uh, very trenchant topic now uh, in in the in our pandemic uh, era here. Yeah, let, uh, I'll put you on the spot with one more question on, on ethics. On, yeah. on uh, you know, there's so much talk right now in, in a number of states around the possibility of of uh, reforming, revising the rules of professional conduct pertaining to things like unauthorized practice of law or to uh, ownership of law firms by private ent- by non-lawyer entities. Uh, do you are are you uh, do you have a position on all of that? Do you think do you think reform is, is something that we need or are you happy with things the way they are? Well, it's very interesting. You know, um, I was talking to a colleague the other day and I said, uh, wouldn't it be nice um, if um, our our um, license to practice law was like a license to drive a car, um, and 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 shouldn't it be? Um, I also remarked that we're not going to see that in our lifetime. Um, but um, you know, um, uh, the model rules have opened up that kind of uh, um, practice uh, uh, and tried to solve some of those issues. Um, that are particularly acute for transactional lawyers. Um, and, uh, you know, and so there's there's movement afoot, there's reform afoot. Uh, and that's uh, that's that's always a good thing. It keeps our keeps our profession vital and uh, keeps our um, keeps our uh, uh, things percolating along in the right direction, I think. Yeah. Well, just like I warned you that I probably would, I've kept you longer than the 30 minutes I said I would, I would have you here. I, I have a bad habit of doing that. But um, uh, let me just, uh, you know, any any closing words of advice for other lawyers who are who are thinking about blogging or uh, who are maybe doing it installed in it or whatever else? And what would you say? Take the plunge. If you're thinking about blogging and, and you like to write um, and you have a niche and, uh, you know, don't don't hold back. Um, take the plunge. It's it's really really fun, um, and it uh, can bring you lots of lots of benefits. Um, if you have a blog and you feel stalled, um, you know, take a fresh look at it and uh, think about think about what to do to freshen it up and uh, um, make a pledge to yourself to to put put more routine in it and uh, and see where it takes you. I think it'll take you in a good place. Well, Karen Rubin, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure to speak with you. Thanks for having me and thanks for everything that you do to and have done for so many years uh, to uh, to nurture and mentor uh, folks in this space. It's really uh, it's really been an honor to to uh, have a chance to, to meet you virtually. Yeah, well, it's been great to meet you uh, and maybe someday we'll be able to meet not virtually. Uh, but uh, thanks a lot. Um, so we've been speaking. Yeah, we've been with Karen Rubin. The Law for Lawyers Today is the name of the blog, uh, Thompson Hine blog. And as I say, you can find a recording of this will be posted up to YouTube, youtube.com slash Lexbog. And we will be back next week with another episode of This Week in Legal Blogging. Uh, on behalf of everybody at Lexblog, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. This is Bob Ambrogi. <laughs>